Praise the Lord. All right, welcome. Uh, welcome somebody next to you. Say good evening. Welcome to church. Okay, let's pray now. Heavenly Father, thank you very much for an evening like this. Thank you for my brothers, your servants, leaders, servants of God. Lord, that you have brought for us to study together in your presence. Now we ask that your spirit will bless us as we look at your word. You will build us up. And Lord, you will equip us to fulfill your purpose and to accomplish divine agenda in our generation. Thank you, gracious Father. In Jesus' name, we have prayed. And all of God's people said, Amen. Okay, now please, let's go back to our text. Let's go back to our text in Philippians chapter 3. You remember that yesterday, we began to look at that passage in the book of Philippians. And we read in the area where Brother Paul was sharing the passion of his heart. And I would like to read it now from verse 7. Philippians chapter 3 from verse 7. In that passage of scripture he said, But what things we are gained to me, these I have counted loss for Christ. Everything that was gained to me, these I have counted loss for Christ. Verse 8. Yet indeed, I also count all things what loss for the excellence of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as what? As what? Rubbish that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having my own righteousness which is from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness which is from God by faith, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings, being made conformed to his death, if by any means I may attain to the resurrection from the dead. Now, after saying all of this, look what Brother Paul now says in verse 12. Not that I have already attained. Huh? Not that I have already attained, or I am already perfected, but I press on. I press on. So that I may apprehend that for which I have also been apprehended by the Lord Jesus Christ. And then in verse 13 he said, Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended. But there is one thing that I do. Forgetting those things which are behind and doing what? Reaching forward to those things which are ahead. I press toward the goal. For the price of the upward call, the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Blessed be the name of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Yesterday we established from scripture that all of these stories were made possible because a man was apprehended by Christ. If there was no apprehension, if this man was not arrested by Christ, there will have been no, nothing to press onto. There will have been nothing to, to pursue. There will have been nothing to live for. We will have a very different story. Maybe somebody else will have been raised by God to write what Brother Paul wrote. But you will not be the one. We establish from scripture that a life of significance in the purpose of God begins when somebody is apprehended by Christ. 
And such an apprehension by Christ cuts you away from a whole lot of things. You are not available for plenty things. Why is that so? Because somebody has arrested you. But the good thing about the apprehension of Christ is not that it's not the apprehension of the devil. It's not being possessed by a demon. It's being possessed by your maker. Being possessed by your friend. Being possessed by the person that loves you like no other. It is being possessed. Come and hear brother Paul when he was talking of his own apprehension. He said, for the love of Christ constrains us. He said, because we judge that if one person has died for all, then all have died and that he died. So that those that live will no longer live for themselves, but for him who for their sakes died and was raised up again. He says, so henceforth, we don't know anybody after the flesh, even though we once knew Christ like that after the flesh. Therefore, if any man is in Christ, he is a new creature. All things have done what? Have passed away. All things have become new. And all these things are from God, who has reconciled us to himself and has given to us the ministry of reconciliation. To wit, God was in Christ, reconciling the world to himself and not imputing unto people their trespasses. And now he has given to us the word of reconciliation. And so we then as ambassadors for Christ. <laughs> can you imagine a man that was apprehended? He has now become not an ambassador of high priest in Jerusalem. He has become an ambassador of the Lord of the universe. You see brothers and sisters. When a life is apprehended by Christ. That is the beginning of significance. You see this free life where you are going wherever you like, you are doing whatever you like, and Jesus Christ does not have mastery. Jesus does not have sovereign authority to do whatever he wants with your life. You are living a limited life. This life where you are doing what you like, you are spending your money the way you like, you have planned your own agenda of what you are going to do with your life, and there is no Jesus inside, except when you come here to church. You are cheating yourself big time. You see, servants of God, in this calling, notice what the Bible calls this calling. He say, I press toward the mark. For what? For the price of the high. Oh, but I like the word high. It's the high calling. The apprehension by Christ, you are being apprehended to a high calling. A calling that is as high as the caller. I said, a calling that is as high as who, please? The person that is calling you. The calling is as high as the most high himself. The reason is because when God calls a person, he calls him to himself. A call is as big as the caller. I said, a call is as big as the person that is calling you. If you got a phone call and they told you that Dangote wants to see you, you will travel immediately. Many of you will travel immediately. You will take permission from venerable. <laughs> Why are you traveling? Because Dangote is looking for me. Are you sure? They said yes. This is for sure, for real. They say yes. Maybe he needs a personal physician. Suddenly you start seeing visions. You see, what is happening to you now is in, in direct connection with the person who is calling you. 
What if they told you that the megad outside, the security man outside, is calling you? He <laughs> said, what is he disturbing me for? Tell him to wait. We are in a program. <laughs> Whoa, hallelujah to the Son of God. It's a high calling. It's a high calling. And I'm not talking about the calling to be a preacher. I'm talking about the calling that brings you into Christ. It is this generation that is making Christianity look as if it is cheap. I see some preachers, they, they pity themselves. The way some people are doing ministry, they are doing it, you can really see that it's a load on their neck. Like Simon of Cyrene, carrying a cross of a man he didn't know. It's a high calling. It's a calling. This calling is a calling by the Most High to the Most High. See, when God calls, God never calls a person to something less. It's impossible. God never apprehends a person to something less. It's impossible. It is the devil that has a low call. The devil is the one that brings people down. I can prove it from the Bible. You know what he told Nehemiah? He said, Nehemiah, come down to the valley of Ono. What does he say to Jesus? If you are the son of God, come down from the cross. That's the devil. He's the one who is calling people down. He said to Jesus, bow down. He's the devil who is bringing people down. God is looking for who to lift up. Give God a praise inside church here this evening. Give me a clap of it. You see, you will not press if you can, if you are not motivated by the call. What makes people to press is a realization of the height of the call. Once you can see the highness of the one that is calling and the supremacy of his purpose and the greatness to which he's calling, the exceeding great and the precious promises of Almighty God, once these things dawn on your spirit, brother, you will press. You will press. You will press. You will press. Some people will not understand you. You will look like a crazy person. But the reason is because they cannot see what you see. I said they don't see what you see. That's why Paul was praying for the Ephesian believers. He said, from when I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, I have not stopped praying for you. Asking the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ to give to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. The eyes of your understanding being enlightened that you may know the hope to which he has called you. That you may know the hope of his calling. You may know the hope that is contained inside the call. You see, when we don't realize the possibilities within the call of God, the call of God to be with him, the call of God to be his own, the call of God to know him, when you don't see the possibilities inside such a call, you are not likely going to press anything. <laughs> you know, I, I, I like to joke at times. I ask people, I say, how many fishermen that lived 2,000 years ago, do you know their names? Eh? I said, how many fishermen that lived 2,000 years ago, do you know their names? Only the ones that followed Jesus. <laughs> Maybe there was somebody who was the chief of fisheries back in those days. 
And he was the, in fact, he was the commissioner, minister for agriculture and water resources. Do you know his name today? <laughs> but the humble fisherman of Galilee that connected with Jesus. That's the one you have his name. The day that Jesus called Peter, did Peter know that inside that call, good day, sir. <laughs> did Peter know that inside that call, there was miracle for his mother-in-law? But do you know that the day that Jesus called Peter, it was already established that as this man is answering this call and following this man, one day there will be a miracle for his mother-in-law. And don't you think it is a great thing for your mother-in-law to receive miracle inside your house? It will solve all your in-law problems. <laughs> when she goes back after Omugo, <laughs> maybe she came for Omugo in Peter's house. She came to look after the wife that put to bed. When she goes back, I can imagine her saying, Hey, you see this Peter? All of you that are disturbing him for leaving his fishing business, leave him alone. The man is following. He's a miracle worker. <laughs> Inside the call, did Peter know that where he was following that call, one day he will walk on water? He never knew that. The day Jesus said, follow me. The day Jesus said, leave as Peter was leaving the net and leaving the fish and leaving the fishing business, he looked as if he was a fool. He looked like he was an idiot who was going to abandon everything to follow somebody. But that man didn't know that in the, in the, you know, inside this call, a day will come when the fisherman of Galilee will walk on water. Will walk on water. Now we are reading books. That a fisherman that lived 2,000 years ago wrote. There are people that are professors in universities. And they are professors of Peter. They are professors in what Peter wrote. That's what they wrote. They are doctoral thesis. This is the fisherman of Galilee. Who, oh God, what if Peter refused to answer the day that Jesus called him? He never would have known what he missed. Friends, there is a high calling. And this high calling of God is in Christ Jesus. Now, so what is the goal of this high calling? The goal of this high calling, which we mentioned in the morning, is to be conformed to the image of the Lord Jesus Christ himself. He's calling us to himself. He's calling us to his own life. Oh, the Bible says in the book of Peter that he has called us to his own virtue and glory. He said, grace and peace be multiplied to you through the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, according as His divine power has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness. Huh? He said, He's the one that has called us to His own glory and virtue, whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises, that by these, what is going to happen, you will escape the corruption that is in the world through lust. They are, they are forgiving all diligence. Add to your faith. So you see, we are called to his own glory. We are called to his life. We are called to his character. We are called. Oh, come on, hear the Bible. He says we are going to see him as he is. And when we see him as he is, what is going to happen, brothers and sisters? He said we shall be like him. All those that God foreknew, he called. Those that he called, he did predestinate that they should be conformed to the image of his son Jesus Christ. 
so that he will be the firstborn among many brethren. That is Romans chapter 8 verse 29. This calling is to conformity with Christ. Is to resemble him. It's a calling to be members of his body. To grow to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. It's not just a calling to go to heaven. Please, get this. In, this is very important. It's not just a calling to run the race, finish the race, and end up in heaven. Of course, that is part of it. Because you cannot be conformed to Christ and not end up in heaven. It's impossible. You cannot walk with the Lord Jesus Christ. In fact, it is by walking with Him you get to heaven. Do you know where heaven is? If somebody gives you a ticket and they say go to heaven, can you find it? Is it like this or like that? Or like this or like that? You don't know the direction. But the Bible says Enoch walked with God. Enoch did what? He walked with God. And I can imagine as Enoch was walking with God, him and God were just walking around. And they are walking. And they are walking. They are talking. Enoch says, God, how are you doing? How is the rest of your creation? God says, very well, fine. <laughs> Enoch didn't know that God has planned something that day for him. Say, so how are things now? I hope nobody is bothering you since Lucifer fell down. He said, don't worry, don't worry. No, it's okay. Uh, you're welcome. Enoch took one step, bop, and landed in heaven. That's what happened. If the man was walking with God and he took one step, went out of time and ended up in eternity. It was, the Bible says by faith, Enoch was translated that he should not see death. But before his translation, he had this testimony that what happened now, that he pleased God. And without faith, it is impossible to please him. Because those that must come to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder. He is a rewarder. He is a rewarder. He is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Uh, Sir, somebody can only reward you according to who he is. See, now listen. Do you know that you can do something for me? I will give you 200 naira. You can do the same thing for the dangote that we mentioned. eh? And he will give you a trailer. I'm not joking. Let me tell you a story. This is a true story. And, and many of us, we are medical people. You might even have heard the story. The story of Alexander Fleming. Listen to how Alexander Fleming, who invented penicillin, I'm sure we know that. Listen to how he became a doctor. Fleming's father was a very poor man. His father was very poor. So one day, Mr. Churchill, Mr. Churchill, Churchill, who was the father of Winston Churchill, I'm sure you remember Winston Churchill, who became Prime Minister of Britain, and he was Prime Minister during the Second World War. The father of Winston Churchill was riding in his carriage, very wealthy, high society. He was riding in his carriage through the country. And then his carriage had a problem. The man was stranded. Mr. Fleming, who was a poor person in the rural area, came out and assisted Mr. Churchill. And Mr. Churchill was so grateful. And as Mr. Churchill was wondering, what am I going to do for this man? He noticed a boy that was running around in the place. He asked Mr. Fleming, who is this? Mr. Fleming said, that's my son, Alexander. And Mr. Churchill said, do I have your permission to put him in the same school where my son goes? That's how Alexander Fleming was put in the same school as Winston Churchill. And then he trained to become a doctor and invent, ended up inventing penicillin. 
which eventually saved Mr. Churchill's life and saved thousands of life during the Second World War. Because, I mean, infections were just killing people like anything back in those days. Can you imagine that? See, see, see the chain. Look at the chain that took place. Huh? Mr. Churchill rewarded Mr. Fleming according to who himself is. And I want you to listen, sir. God is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. God cannot apprehend a life and live such a life for nothing. It's impossible. If I don't convince you of the hope that is inside the call, I won't get you to press. If I don't convince you of the glory that is inside the call, I cannot get you to press towards this mark for the price. Because, brothers and sisters, there is a price. Both in time and eternity. The price is not until you get to heaven. There are manifestations, revelations, unfoldings of that price even as you walk on this side of eternity. Blessed be the name of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. So it's a call and the Bible expects us to walk worthy. Somebody say worthy. I therefore the prisoner of the Lord, I beseech you that you should do what? That you should walk worthy of the calling which you have received. Blessed be the name of Jesus Christ. So the goal is Christ-likeness. The goal is eternal glory. The goal is becoming like him, knowing him. And then, the second component of that goal, of course, is making him known. So, if you really want to understand the goal of this high calling, the best way to do that is to look at how it played out in the life of Apostle Paul. Am, Am I making sense? Look at Paul's life and see how did this man pursue this goal? Because his goal was Jesus, to know him. Can you go with me back to uh, Philippians chapter 3 where we read? Help me to put up verse verse 8. Yet indeed, I also count, yes, doubtless, I count all things but loss for the excellency. The excellency. Oh, who has the Amplified Translation? Amplified Bible. Anybody? Please pay attention because you see this, the, what you have here, I said to you that one of the things that has helped my life is to read the Bible for many translations. And now you can do that in this software. Um, there's a Bible software. It's called Bible. How many of you know Bible? The Bible software. Go to lifechurch.tv. Lifechurch.tv. Just as, as, I've, as I've said it. Lifechurch.tv. You are going to notice a Bible, a red letter Bible with a cross on it. Download it into your phone. It's one of the best things you can ever get in your Christian life. That thing was developed by Greg, uh, 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 Craig Groeschel. And it, it has been downloaded hundreds of millions of times. It's helping Christians. You will even find Igbo Bible inside. Inside that thing, you will even have audio Bible. You can listen to scripture. Lifechurch.tv Or even if you just Google, if you go to your Google Play Store and you type in Bible, it's the one with the red Bible that has a cross on it. Now, if you download that, there are plenty Bible versions there. There are all kinds. In fact, there are Bible reading plans, plans 
that you can use to read through the Bible in one year. And you can download the history into your phone and it will continue to edify you. So this is very important. Yes, uh, can you read for us? Is it from Bible you are reading this? Great, read. Yes, furthermore, I count everything as loss compared to the possession of the priceless privilege. I count, I count everything as loss compared to the possession of the priceless privilege. You know, you see that excellency there. I want you to get the details. I'm counting everything as loss when it is compared to the possession of the priceless privilege. Yes? The overwhelming preciousness. The overwhelming preciousness. Priceless privilege. Overwhelming preciousness. Yes? The surpassing worth. The surpassing worth. And supreme advantage. And the supreme advantage of knowing Christ Christ Jesus Jesus as my Lord. Let's go over those four things. What's the first one? Priceless privilege. What's the next one? The overwhelming preciousness. Overwhelming preciousness. Number three. The what? Surpassing worth. The surpassing value. The surpassing worth. And supreme advantage. And then the supreme advantage of doing what? Of knowing Christ Jesus. Jesus. Oh, brother. You know, when I saw this thing, I said, wow. So knowing Jesus will give me a supreme advantage in life. Do you know that many of us believe that's why I'm saying to you, if I don't convince you of what is inside the call, you will not press. See, motivation means that everybody must have a motive for action. It means there must be something that is making you to do what you are doing. So if you see a man that is pressing towards something, it's because there must be something in that thing that he believes is worth it. And I'm saying to you, brothers and sisters, that there is something in Christ that is worth your pressing. The priceless privilege, the overwhelming preciousness, the supreme advantage, the surpassing worth, the surpassing value of knowing Jesus Christ as my Lord and my Savior. But Paul said, everything in the light of that excellency. That's what the King James means by the excellency. It's an excellency that surpasses every other. Do you know why professors will go to a native doctor in a village looking for power? The man is a professor. A friend of mine, medical doctor, true story I'm telling you, in the days when A.D. Norgo was, was still alive, this man, medical doctor, running hospital, he told me the story himself. He said he went to A.D. to go and fortify him. And Eddie took him to Ezu River. You know Ezu? That place that uh, they dumped some bodies. By the way, that's not far from my town. Once you cross that bridge, you are in my place. I'm from Amaisi. Now, in that Ezu River, where it flows and comes out on the other side, he said with Eddie in the middle of the night, 12 midnight, huh? 1 a.m., they are standing on the bridge. And then he has his goat that Eddie said he should bring. And then Eddie began to do all kinds of things. And utter all kinds of things. Anybody that will do this to you, anybody that will say that, anybody that will touch you, I am locking them and I'm throwing them into this river. He jammed the bad lock and threw it into the river. And then he now took the, the he goat that the man came with as part of the sacrifice. 
did it around his head, around his head, woo, 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 and threw the he-goat into the river. This doctor friend of mine said, that goat did not rise up a second time from that river. He didn't rise up one time. Then Eddie said, now it's time to bath. Remove all your clothes. And he came to the river and he's bathing. He said, as he was bathing in the river, told me night in the night, he said, one massive snake was going on top of the water. He was terrified. Eddie said, don't worry, don't worry. This is the owner of the river. This is the owner of the river. Where is Buffy? What is driving a medical doctor to the bush like that, looking for power? It's because there is a realization that the spiritual controls the physical. And if you don't get it from Jesus, you will get, you have to look for it from somewhere else. But there is an excellency in the knowledge of Jesus Christ, my Lord. There is a guarantee of time and eternity in the person that answers the call of the Son of God. The supreme advantage. Look, if you know that knowing Jesus will give you a supreme advantage in life, you will press. But some of you, Jesus is like an accessory. You know you are very educated. You are just trying to add something to your Christianity and you are going to church so that you don't commit sin. No, the call is not to com- not to commit sin. That's not the call. Please listen. The first step we take as believers is from sin to righteousness. That's what brings us into the kingdom. Giving thanks unto the Father who has delivered us from the kingdom of darkness and has translated us into the kingdom of his dear son. In whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of our sins. Who is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of every creature? For by him we are all things created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible. Whether they are thrones or principalities or dominions or powers, all things we are made by him and for his own use and glory. And he's before all things, and in him all things hold together. The first step we take is out of darkness into light. Out of sin into righteousness. But I want you to listen, sir. Listen now. Pay attention. Once you have arrived in glory, out of shame into his glory, once you have arrived in glory, the rest of our journey is from one degree of glory to another degree of glory. For we all, with an open face, beholding as in a glass the glory of the Lord. What happens to us, please, now? We are changed. We are changed. We are transfigured from one degree of glory to another degree of glory to another degree of glory by the operation of the Spirit of God working in our lives. The, the, the call is not just don't commit sin. No. There is a journey inside glory. But we all, with unveiled faces, as we are gazing at him, <laughs> hallelujah, as we are gazing at him, he said we are being transfigured. The word there is metamorpho. Metamorphosis, that's the word. That we are being changed, we are being transfigured, is metamorphosis. Metamorphosis represents the series of changes that, you know, um, uh, what is it called? A butterfly or one of those such insects undergoes from the egg stage to the larva stage to the pauper stage and then to the adult butterfly. Now, now here is the point. Do you know that once the metamorphosis starts, nothing new enters into that, that thing. Once that egg is 
undergoing that process, it changes into the lava or the caterpillar. Then from the caterpillar, it changes to what? Eh? The pauper, you know that one that it seals itself up. And then from the pauper, it changes to what? The adult butterfly emerges. Now here is the question. Does the egg look like the butterfly? Does the lava resemble the butterfly? In fact, if you saw the lava crawling, will anything tell you that one day this thing is going to fly? It doesn't look like it. But inside it, it contains possibilities yet unrevealed. Did you understand the matter now? Inside that lava that is crawling on the ground, there are beautiful wings. There is a lifetime of flying. And some of those butterflies can fly for thousands of miles when they are migrating. It's all buried inside the lava. But what is the process that will cause that lava to change? It is called transfiguration. All the lava needs to do is to keep pressing. I say pressing. One day to become a puffer. Another day the wings are going to unfold. Wherever you are right now in your Christian life, if you will just continue to press in the knowledge of Christ, and you refuse to quit, and you set him up as your goal in life, he becomes your agenda. Money does not become your agenda in life. Jesus becomes your primary reason for existence. The quest of your heart. The hunger of your soul. A day is coming. This lava that is crawling on the ground, we mount up with wings as eagles. Ah, and you will not faint. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Now, a couple of things and then we'll draw to a close for tonight. How did this call practically manifest in the life of Brother Paul? There were two things. The call is to be like Jesus. Don't forget. Because if you continue reading from this scripture, can you put up verse 9 and 10 quickly please? And be found in him not having my own righteousness. Verse 10. That I may know him. You see? You see what the man is pressing to? That I may know him. Huh? The power of his resurrection. The fellowship of his sufferings. Being made conformable. Not the conformable. Huh? Conformed to the image of his son, Jesus Christ. Being made conformable unto his death. That I may know him. Ah! Now, read the Amplified again for us. Verse 10. Listen to Amplified. Where is the mic? Thank you. Listen. Just listen. I love this. For my determined purpose is that I may know him. For my determined purpose is that I may know him. That I may progressively become more deeply and intimately acquainted with him. That I may progressively. Everybody say progressively. I may progressively become more deeply and intimately acquainted with him. Yes? Perceiving and recognizing. Perceiving and recognizing. And understanding the words. And understanding the wonders of his person. More strongly and more more clearly. More strongly and more clearly. Listen. He said, my determined purpose is that I may know him. That I may what? Progressively. Huh? Can you read that part for me? My determined purpose is that I may know him, yes? That I may progressively become more deeply. That I may progressively become more deeply and intimately acquainted with him. Yes? Perceiving and recognizing. Perceiving and recognizing. 
and understanding the wonder and understanding what are you perceiving what are you recognizing what are you understanding he said the wonders of his person the wonders of his person but I said, I want to know the wonders of his of the person. Who is this person that met me on Damascus Road? I don't know if you are getting the matter here. The, 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 that experience was was shocking to Saul. Who is this person that arrested me where I was traveling? Where I was? Who is this person? Who is this light that talks from heaven? Who is this one in whose presence that nobody can stand? Who is this person? Who is this person that does miracles that opens blind eyes? Where is the owner of this name that is above every name? Who are you, sir? I want to know you. I want to know the wonders of your person. Brothers and sisters, Jesus is enough syllabus for your life. I want to know him. Now, but you see, the plan of God is that, look at now in the life of Brother Paul, as he was seeking to know Jesus, Note that he was also making Jesus known. Does that make sense now? So you see, and even it was even contained in his assignment. If you help me to put up chapter 26, Acts chapter 26, put it from verse 16. Acts 26 from verse 16. This was when he was before Agrippa. And he is he is telling the story of what Jesus told him. So he says, but rise and stand upon your feet. He is giving his testimony. So listen to what Jesus now told him. He said, I have appeared to you for this purpose. Do you see that now? So what was the purpose of the appearance? To make you a minister and a witness. Both of these things which you have seen and of the things in which I will do what? I will appear to you. Verse 17. Delivering you from the people and from the Gentiles unto whom now I send you. You see, this was his commission. I will deliver you from the people to whom I'm sending you. What's the agenda? Next verse 18. To open their eyes and to turn them from darkness to light, from the power of Satan to God, so that what will happen, brothers and sisters, that they may receive forgiveness of sins and an inheritance among them which are sanctified by faith that is in me. This was his commission. So verse 19 now. He said, wherefore, O King Agrippa, I was not disobedient to the heavenly vision. So you see, the heavenly vision that Paul saw did two things for him. First of all, it brought a revelation of who Jesus is. And number two, it brought clarity about his assignment. So in the life of Paul, Please, go back to Acts chapter 20 and put up verse 24. In the life of Paul, he captured the whole thing by two phrases. He captured it by two simple aspects. Acts chapter 20, verse 24. Remember, it was, this was when he was talking to the elders of the church of Miletus, um, when they came to see him. Elders of the church of Ephesus, rather, when they came to see him at Miletus. Now, so he says to them, no, I know that, go to the previous verse 23, please. Save that the Holy Spirit witnesses that in every city, in every city, that afflictions and bonds are waiting for me. He said, I am going to Jerusalem. I know that even as I'm moving now, all kinds of troubles are waiting for me down the road. Now verse 24, he said, but none of those things move me. Neither do I count my life dear unto myself, if only what will happen, 
that I might finish my course with joy. And then number two, the ministry which I have received of the Lord Jesus to do what? To testify to the gospel of the grace of God. So there were two aspects of this thing. First of all, he says, my course, my race. Now, who has NIV? Because the NIV makes it very simple. I want us to read that. Somebody has NIV. Help me to read this in verse. Our sister. However, I consider my life worth nothing to me. If only I may finish the race. And complete the task the Lord Jesus has given me. Now, thank you very much. If only I may do what? Finish the race and then do what? Complete the task. Everyone say that with me. Finish the race. Complete the task. One more time. I want to hear everybody. Finish the race. Complete the task that the Lord Jesus has given to me. So, Brother Paul divided his life priorities. You see, that life priority is one person. It's Jesus. But Jesus has an agenda. Are you following that? So, in knowing Jesus, you will also know his purpose. Am I making this clear? This night, my goal is that we should understand what is this mark? What is this goal that we are to press onto? And I'm saying to you that that goal is the high calling of God in Christ. That goal is the call to know him, to experience him. But inside that call is also the call to his purpose, the call to his agenda, the call to the reason why he left heaven to come and die. And so, we now see Brother Paul, he said, none of these things move me, and I don't count my life as anything, if only I can complete two things. What's the first one? Finish the race. What's the second one? Complete the task. Brother Paul, what's the task? He said, it is the task to testify to the gospel of the grace of God. So, Brother Paul saw that he had a race to run and a task to accomplish. Now, Philippians chapter 2, go back to Philippians Put chapter 2 verse 16. Please give me a few minutes. Let me tie this up. I'm I'm almost done. Philippians chapter 2 verse 16. So Paul is speaking to the Philippians. And what does he tell them? He said, I want all of you to do what? Hold forth the word of life. So that I may rejoice in the day of Christ. That I have not done what? Everybody help me. I have not run in vain. Neither done what? Labored in vain. Now do you notice... Remember, race and then what? Task. And here again, he's writing to the Philippians. He says, I want you people to keep holding forth the word of life so that on that day of Christ, I'm going to rejoice. Why will I rejoice? I will be rejoicing that I have not run in vain. That's the race. And then number two, I have not labored in vain. That is the task. Does that make sense? Remember when Brother Paul was about to die, he wrote to Timothy, 2 Timothy chapter 4, if you read it from verse 6. Huh? He says, I am ready to be poured out. My, my, I have finished the race. Can you help me to put that up? 2 Timothy chapter 4, go to verse 6. For I am now ready to be offered. The time of my departure is at hand. Verse 7. I have fought a good fight. I have finished the race. Do you see the, do you see the race there again? I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. He fought a good fight in, in fighting to complete the task. And he ran a good race 
in finishing the race that you see here. He says, I have kept the faith. So what is waiting for me now? Put up the next verse. He says, henceforth, there is laid up for me, what? A crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give to me at that day. And not to me only, but unto all those who love his appearing. Blessed be the name of Jesus Christ. So now, so as far as Paul was concerned, everything revolved around race and task. Let me explain that as we draw to a close. What was the race? The race represents your personal pursuit of Christ. Your race represents your Christian race. He said, let us, we are for being surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses. What are we supposed to do? He said, let us run the race that is set before us. Looking unto Jesus, the author. Let us lay aside every weight and the sin that God so easily beset us. And let us run the race that is set before us. Looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. So there is a race set before every one of us. That race has to do with your personal relationship with God. It has to do with our transformation into Christ-likeness. Resembling Jesus. Becoming like Christ. That's the race. When you run that race properly, you'll be received in heaven. But the whole thing is not just the race. You now have the second part. What is the second part? The task. So what is the task? The task is to testify to the gospel of the grace of God. That's the task. And this task belongs to everybody. That's why we are doing this training earlier in the day to show us how all of us can take our place to testify to the gospel. So you as you are sitting here tonight, you have a race to run and you have a task to accomplish. Say that with me, I want to finish the race and complete the task. One more time, say it like you mean it, finish the race Complete the task. Finish the race. Complete the task. Do you know, brothers and sisters, you see those two words? That's the summary of what I'm living for now. I want to finish my race. I don't want to be so busy. You know, I tell some people, some people are so busy being preachers that they forget to be Christians. <laughs> you can be a preacher without being a Christian, no? No, I don't want to do that. I want to live the Christian life. I want to honor the Son of God. I want to live holy. I want to live a life that pleases God. I want to know Jesus for myself. I don't just want to be a preacher. Like, like an orchard passenger. Eh? Gathering people to go to heaven. Why I myself am living a life that disqualifies me from glory. I don't want that. I want to run my race. That's why, whether it's in private, whether people are watching or they are not watching, I want to run my race. It's not between me and the pastor, it's between me and Jesus. I'm living for that day. Listen, the Bible says, if only in this life we have hope in Christ. What did the Bible say, please, now? He said, we are of all men most miserable. Whatever you get, if you miss heaven, you will cry. If you are living in secret sin, you must stop. It's not about venerable. It's about your eternity. You are going to stand before God to give an account of your life. And the foundation for that on that day. Notice that Brother Paul said, God is going to give me a crown on that day. Martin Luther made a sentence, made a sentence that when I saw that thing, he stuck in my heart. 
Martin Luther said the two most important days in the universe are this day and that day. The two most important days in the universe, this day and that day. Because what I do this day will affect what will happen to me on that day. I don't want to live a life of hypocrisy. I don't want to live a life of secret sin. Because I am running a race. I'm running a race. And I must keep my eye on the goal where I'm going. But you see, apart from the race, I also have an assignment. I have an assignment. What's the task? The task is to testify to the gospel. To preach this message. So that other people can come to run their race. To invite other people to receive Jesus as their Lord and their Savior. To do whatever I can do. And I want you to listen. In this heart of mine, I have no other reason for being alive than what I'm telling you. There's nothing else to do here. After you have lived in this world for some time, you will come to the conviction that there is nothing here. Any witnesses in this house? Can I hear you here? There is nothing here. This place is passing away. This body is flesh. How much can your body eat? How many houses are you going to live inside? How much money in your bank account will be insufficient? This is a passing place. Time will soon give way to eternity. And the only thing that will matter on the final day are what did you do with your race? And then number two, the task that we gave to you, did you complete it? That task is the task of testifying to the gospel. Bringing people to Christ by every means possible. And I said to you yesterday that that task does not mean that you are going to resign from your job. Did you hear what I'm talking about now? You are already on duty for God. I don't have time to teach. There is a material there that we call marketplace ministry. It shows how every believer, no matter where you are located, whether you are in the marketplace or you are in the pulpit, you are in the hospital. Hospital is part of marketplace. Hospital, banks, schools, government, all of that is marketplace. And Jesus needs people in the marketplace because the harvest is also there in the marketplace. It shows you how you can take your place to represent him in the marketplace. How you can shine for the master in that marketplace. But the fact is, everybody has a race to run and a task to accomplish. Now, this is where I close. Listen to this. When you finish your race, you are going to hear, Welcome, thou blessed of my father. Enter into the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. Welcome. Welcome. You will not run your race in vain in the name of Jesus Christ. Welcome. Welcome. Thou blessed of my father, enter into the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. But there is something else that you need to hear. I said there is something else that you must hear. When you finish your task, you know what you are going to hear? You are going to hear, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Enter into the joy of your master. Now listen. You see, the first one is welcome, enter into the kingdom. But the second one is well done, enter into the joy. You are already in the kingdom, but because you completed your task, because you finished your assignment, because you identified with your master in gathering the harvest, enter into the joy of your master. Your master is happy. Share his happiness for all eternity. This is the goal. If you are living your life 
and you are chasing everything else other than these two things, I want to warn you, you are wasting your life. You are wasting your life. Any success that you achieve in life that does not connect with race and task, I want to warn you, they are a liability. If you are a big professor and your professorship is known around the whole world, but it does not impact on the race and it has no connection with the task, your professorship is a liability. I have deep respect for academics. I am not minimizing your qualifications. But I'm saying, sir, you must connect it with eternity. Some of you sitting there, you have a lot of money in the bank. Many of you sitting here, you have millions. Some of you here, I'm speaking by the spirit, you have 50 million, 100 million in your bank account. You are gathering money, you are gathering money, you are gathering money, you are gathering money. Please listen, I am not after your money. If you give me, I will take, I will use it to preach the gospel. And I'm not kidding, I don't do active medical practice. I left active medical practice 16 years ago. So I'm not joking. If you give me, I will take. But please listen, I'm not after your money. If you don't give me, no problem. Give to somebody else. What I'm trying to say to you is that if you don't connect your money to eternity, that money is a liability. Because all of these things in this life, they will pass away. So what will you have left when they have all passed away? Only what you have invested into the kingdom. So as we are going to pray this evening, I want you to first of all remember we have established the fact that an unapprehended life, a life that has not been arrested by Christ, that life is going through us, is wasted, it will be destroyed. You are going to collide with the devil. You will enter into something that will destroy you. No! And so if you are here tonight, and you are still living for yourself, you are living in sin, Jesus is calling you. Tonight is your night of encounter. That is number one. Number two, for every one of us that is already in Christ, tonight, now you have clarity. You know what you are living for. It is summarized in two words. Race and task. The race is to resemble him. To please him. To work with him. To know him. And the task is to accomplish his agenda upon the earth. I don't have time tonight. Maybe tomorrow by the grace of God. I will now show you that there is power available for this assignment. But we are going to stop here for tonight. And we are going to pray. Let us pray now. Let's bow our heads to pray. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Everyone, please bow your head. We are now responding to God in prayer. I request that you don't leave now. Let's pray first and then we can close and live together. Oh, Father, we thank you. Thank you for your word tonight. Thank you, Father, for the power of your Holy Spirit that is present in this place. Thank you for what you are doing in the hearts of your people. You are setting hearts on fire here tonight. Lord, I perceive that you are apprehending lives. You are revealing your glory and the height of the call. You are impacting lives with this truth. And now, Lord, as we respond to you, I ask that every soul will be subject to the highest power. Every soul will come down to the foot of the cross and meet the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. I'm asking that, Father, a revelation and a realization of insight and truth we settle in every heart. Lord, that together we will press to the prize of the upward call. Oh, to the prize of the upward call. So that on that last day we are going to hear, Welcome! And then we are going to hear, Well done, 
thou good and faithful servant. Father, this is the desire of our heart. And so tonight, Holy Spirit, take over now. In the name of Jesus. Now you are here tonight. You are the first category of people that I'm speaking to. You are still living in your sins. I want you to know God is not condemning you. Jesus died for you. Jesus loves you. Jesus paid your price. But you cannot continue to live like that. You are not saved. You do not have assurance in your spirit that if you were to stand before God now, you will hear, welcome. And the reason is because you know your secret. You know your life. The good news is that there is mercy in the house. The grace of God is available here tonight. All you need to do is to respond to that grace. And the Lord will forgive you and give you a brand new life. And I'm giving you the opportunity now, as many persons as are saying, Brother Ferdinand, pray with me. I want him to forgive my sins and I want to surrender my heart to him. Please put up your hand above your head now. I want to pray for you. Thank you. Any persons like that, just to say, Brother Ferdinand, pray with me. I want my sins forgiven me. I want Jesus as Lord and Savior of my heart. Thank you. Now, if you have been saved before, but you know that you are backsliding, you know that your secret life is not right with the Lord, the Lord wants to restore you tonight, please put up your hand. I want to pray for you. You have been born again before, but you have gone back. You know that your life is not correct. There is something between you and the Master, and now you want Him to forgive you and restore you. Please raise your hand above your head. I want to pray for you. Thank you. The Lord will do something new in your life. Your sins will be forgiven you. Your past will be cancelled. This is your opportunity. If you know that your life is not... If the trumpet were to sound now, that you will not make heaven, please rise on your feet and come and join our brothers and sisters here so that we can pray with you. The Lord is calling you. Just bow your head, begin to ask for forgiveness. Say, Lord Jesus, have mercy on me. Jesus, wash me. Jesus, change me. Lord, restore me. Lord, restore me. Lord, help my heart. Change my heart. Make me a new person. Oh, thank you, Savior. Thank you. Oh, thank you, Father. Father, in the name of Jesus, all of these dear brothers and sisters are standing before you now. Pray with me. Say, Lord Jesus. Lord Jesus. I come to you tonight. Wash me. Transform my heart. Make me a new person, Jesus. I receive you as Lord. Restore my soul, Jesus. Give me a new heart. Thank you. Thank you. I confess that you are the Son of God. And I receive you as my Lord and Savior. In Jesus' name. Amen. Father, thank you for my brothers and sisters. Satan, I break your chains and your power over these lives. I plead the blood of Jesus against you. And I demand liberty now for these ones in Jesus' name. Father, let their names be uprooted from the books of death and be written in the book of life. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, gracious Father. In Jesus' name we have prayed. Amen. Alright? Uh, can we pray just two more prayers? I want you to pray. Lord, help me to finish my race and help me to complete my task. Can we all stand while we pray that prayer? Everyone now, please stand. Stand and pray. Say, Lord Jesus, help me. I want to finish my... Now let's pray this prayer with all of our hearts, because this is what it's all about. I want to finish my race. I want to complete my task. Lord, help me. Give me grace. Please lift up your voice and pray.
everything that is distracting me from running this race, I lay it aside. The Bible says, lay aside every distraction, every weight, every sin that easily besets to run the race that is set before you. Let's pray. Please pray. Pray for a minute. Then pray over your task. Say, Lord, I receive grace to fulfill this task. Oh, Lord, help me. Give me grace. Holy Spirit of God, baptize me afresh with your grace, with your power. Please pray. Pray with the depths of your hearts. I want to finish the race. I want to complete the task. There is nothing else to live for. There is nothing else to live for. That I may know him. That I may grasp him. And grasp his agenda for life and for living. Please remember there is a prize. There is a prize. Remember that it's a high calling. Remember that. It's not a low call. Hallelujah. It's an invitation to glory. From one degree of glory to another degree of glory. Ceaseless transformations. Until we see him as he is. And become like him. Oh, thank you, gracious Father. Thank you. Oh, thank you. Thank you, blessed Father. Thank you. Hallelujah. Please pray for yourself. Say, Lord, I want to hear welcome and well done. Those are the two things I want to hear when I stand before God in eternity. Welcome and well done. (laughs) Welcome and well done. Welcome and well done. Oh, from the one that matters most. And from where it matters most. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name we have prayed. In Jesus' almighty name we have prayed. Finally tonight, if you have come with a need, God answers prayer. I feel in my spirit to pray this prayer tonight. There is a matter that is pressing on you. You cannot press on if plenty things are pressing you. Does that make sense? If you have plenty problems, plenty attacks, plenty burdens that are pressing on you, it is difficult to press on to the goal. And God will take those things away from your life tonight in Jesus' name. If it's a sickness, if it's a court case, if it is a need in your life, your academics needs a turnaround. I want all those that have a need that they want us to pray about, just put up your hand. I want to agree with you in prayer. You are going to experience divine intervention. I said you are going to experience divine intervention. You will experience divine intervention in the name of Jesus Christ. Let's pray now. Eternal Father, thank you for my brothers and sisters who have received your word. Lord, I want to ask that whatever the matters that they are trusting you for, let them be resolved right now in the name of Jesus Christ. Every sickness I rebuke you in the name of Jesus. I break your chains over the hearts and lives of God's people. Be healed in Jesus' name. Be healed in your body in the name of Jesus Christ. Every satanic attack, the one that comes in the dreams, the one that comes in diverse manners, they are terminated tonight in Jesus' name. The Son of God sets you free. And you are free indeed. Eternal Father, I ask that every other burden, every load, whether it has to do with academic issues or financial issues, all kinds of challenges, 
eternal father remove them from your children so that they can concentrate on you in the mighty name of Jesus Christ receive a testimony tonight I said receive a testimony tonight if somebody says you are barren I cancel that word receive children in Jesus name I make a decree tonight according to the time of life you shall bring forth a baby by your spouse in the mighty name of Jesus Christ Father we thank you that case and that matter that has dragged and dragged and dragged I bring them to a close tonight in the name of Jesus Christ Father I invite your intervention in all the issues that have been presented to you tonight by your children thank you gracious Father we thank you because you have answered you said we should ask we will receive so that our joy shall be full blessed be your name we thank you because you have answered our prayers. In Jesus' name we have prayed. And all of God's people shouted, Amen. One more time, Amen. Amen. Let's give God praise. Let's give God praise. May I call upon our brother, Reverend God Ezali, to come and round up, praying for speaker and the Lord leading us soon in safety and in peace. Father, I want to thank you, Lord, for tonight. Thank you for the way you have started with us on Friday night through this morning and tonight. Blessed Redeemer, we want to bring ourselves afresh before your throne. And we plead that all the decisions we have made, because I believe that every one of us from Friday through the morning till now, have made certain decisions. We plead for your grace to bring these things to pass in the name of Jesus. Some of us who have made decisions to bring people across as we come in our various classes that we discussed this evening. We pray, O King of Glory, that as we speak to those individuals, the Lord will be able to bring them to be here tomorrow morning in the name of Jesus. Above all, O King of Glory, we pray that you help us to run this race successfully to the end. That none of us who have sat under this roof and under this message will be found wanting on that day. In the name of Jesus. And not only that we will run the race successfully, but that Jehovah Jireh will be able to finish the task that you have given unto us. The Great Commission. Help us, O King of Glory. If there are areas, O Lord, that we have been found wanting in the past, from this weekend, may we make amend and be refired to finish our task successfully. In the name of Jesus. We lift our brother, Dr. Ferdinand Wake, before you. You have used him very immensely, Lord, these past two, three days to water us. Blessed Redeemer, we pray for greater grace and greater unction upon him. The Lord, even as he speaks tomorrow, it will be as if we have never listened to him before. In the name of Jesus. Father, we extend this prayer not just to him, but to his family. The Lord, the same way you have kept him and have anointed him, you will anoint his family to be a source of help. That his wife, O oh Lord, will be a help meet for him indeed in the name of Jesus. And on the children, O oh Lord, wherever they are found, will continually be a source of testimonies and encouragement to his ministry in the name of Jesus. 
Father, we pray that you continue to keep him. Physically and spiritually. Because the Bible says that he that keepeth Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. As we go from here, Lord, we pray that you lead us, O God, to our various places of abode. And cause that as we come tomorrow, we will not come alone. We will bring somebody along. Thank you, mighty Jehovah, for hearing us. Take all the glory and all the praise. Because we have prayed in Jesus' name. Surely. Love of God. The fellowship of the Holy Spirit. Be and abide with us now forevermore. Amen. His grace. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be and abide with us now and forevermore. Amen.